Recording live from an undisclosed location, we present to you the Locker Room Guys podcast. Here's your hosts, Lee Schechter and Doug Moore. Welcome to another edition of The Locker Room, guys. We are on lucky number 13 of our series, or our podcast, as you like to call it. Uh, my name is Doug Moore, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in this, uh, Lee Schechter. Uh, we are recording on uh, September 12th, a couple days into week two, and a few days removed from week one's, I guess you could say, surprising outcome of the Patriots-Chiefs season opener i guess we'll get right into it when we talk about lucky 13 i don't think you can call the patriots lucky i think that you know talking about the game a little bit get jumping right into it a lot of people had talked about the patriots being this dynasty not dynasty necessarily they are a dynasty but that perfect team again like they were in 07 it's really hard to buy into it but you never expected that they would come out and lose their first game of the season at home. And granted, Kansas City is a great team. I think they've done a lot of great things. I talked about Andy Reid being a, an underrated coach. Three of his four seasons so far, not including this season, the uh, Chiefs have won 10-plus games. It's not like they're a bad team. But I think when you look at this, um, they, I think it was 42-27, correct? Correct. So we're talking two scores here, plus an extra uh, plus two-point conversion. So – this was not necessarily a blowout. It really was, actually, though, at the end, at least, because the Patriots led at halftime and after the third quarter, and they just collapsed. But nobody expected the team to come in and lose their first game of the season. Now everybody's throwing it up and, and how the Patriots aren't the AFC East division leaders right now. They're not a perfect team. They're one of the only teams with a loss, or at least one of 16. But, um, man, there's just a lot to digest, and we'll, we'll go through it. But, Lee, any any initial thoughts? I know, obviously, a few days are moves, and maybe it's not as, as tough for those who, who took the loss pretty seriously. But any initial thoughts about the loss? Anything stand out to you about just how that game went for the Patriots? Well, the first thing that pains me the most is to say that this team uh, now has a – a mark in the loss column with Deion Lewis as a member of the squad. It's really I, painful for me to even say it, though. I don't want to – I didn't want to bring it up. I was going to tweet at you about it after the game. I think Mike Reese actually brought it up in an article. But I want – because your, 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 your argument for keeping him all throughout the offseason when people are like, oh, I don't know, you said they're undefeated when he plays, which is very true. But now you can't say that anymore. It's like the Undertaker streak for those who follow wrestling. He was 20 and 0 or 21 and 0. 21 and 1 doesn't sound as good as 21 and 0. So it, it it just doesn't sound great. So that's the first thing. No, in all honesty, my big takeaway is there's no reason to panic. We all thought that the Patriots are going to win. We're used to seeing them win their home openers all the time. But like you said, the Chiefs are just they're a damn good team. People thought that they lost all of their offensive talent. Uh, I I think they actually still have a, a great amount of it, especially with as we saw, Tyree kill. They didn't even have to use Travis uh, Travis Kelsey very much. Uh, he had some targets. Had those uh, weird uh, shuffle passes uh, ahead of uh, ahead to him that he only got a few yards off of. But obviously, we saw Kareem Hunt emerge. And I'm a guy who believed in Kareem Hunt since the draft. 
I think he was better for this for the Chiefs than Spencer Ware could have been. Obviously, the biggest concern for me is that defense. Uh, this is a defense that was used to giving up yards. We I would say this Patriots team has always been one of those bend don't break defenses, but they broke without even bending, and I think that's the biggest concern overall for me. Obviously, they're going to figure it out. If you go back to last year, everybody was complaining that this team didn't have a pass rush. Well, they didn't want to use a pass rush. I think you're going to see a lot of the same defensive issues this year throughout the first part of the season as they figure things out. But in the end, this is still an extremely talented team, and I'm not ready to sound the alarms, especially going into week two. I think what the biggest thing about this defense is the defensive struggles. And this, I think, is the second most points that a Bill Belichick-led Patriots team have given up. And funny enough, if I'm not mistaken, the, first, the, the highest total level was that 2014 game against the Chiefs where everybody thought that the Patriots were done, which was even more of a blowout. So if history repeats itself, then I think that's pretty good news for the Patriots. But going back to this defense a little bit, what surprised me is that some of these plays that they gave up, uh, you know, we're talking about two 12-plus-play 12 12 90 yard drives that they gave up. The whole bend don't break thing didn't come into effect here. It didn't really show up. But Devin McCourty screwed up in coverage. You know, we saw those players, you know, and there were certainly some standouts. Trey Flowers had two sacks. That's awesome. Stephen Gilmore, I think he had a pretty decent game. But, he did. But it, it's really tough because you see, you know, the defensive struggles and, and some of it can be, I don't know what you can pin it on. Maybe even the middle of the, the interior defensive line, they gave up how many rushing yards? Almost 200? It, it, it's, it was just absolutely crazy to see them do this. This is so uncharacteristic of the Patriots. And, yeah, this was a team that I thought offensively, the Chiefs I'm talking about, didn't really have as much firepower as the rest of the league. You had a rookie running back who was coming from Toledo facing the NFL now who nobody expected to go for 240-something or 250 yards from scrimmage in his first game against the reigning Super Bowl champions, the top scoring defense from last year. But then you talk about Tyree Kill, who was just good as advertised, if not better. And they, they shut down Travis Kelsey, the Patriots defense, for the most part. He didn't really make that big of a mark. So it's crazy even more, like you said, that Kelsey, one of their biggest offensive weapons, shut down, and they were still able to put up these kind of points. And I think one of the best things for Alex Smith's career – has been the team trading up and getting Patrick Mahomes. We have seen a different side of him in the preseason and now in the regular season with making more downfield shots, taking more chances, and being just more efficient overall. I think it's motivated him. I think you're right. There's a testament to Alex Smith. He's not this trash quarterback that everyone always thought. He was pushing the ball down the field unlike we've ever seen before. I was a guy who always kind of did like a lot of what Alex Smith did. But, man, he, he looked incredible out there. And I think you're right. Pat Mahomes is pushing the guy to do more things. They have different playmakers pushing the offense to break out of the mold. And, like I said before, just get the ball down the field. Get it into the hands of the playmakers. You know, one thing I always give credit to Alex Smith for is he didn't make a lot of mistakes, but he made a lot of big plays. That's the other thing, too. He made – he had, I think, arguably his best game of his career and what could be the last season of his, of his career with the Chiefs. Who knows? I don't know. But it was something, and that was really the biggest difference maker, I think. Nobody expects Alex Smith to go for those type of yards. But I guess we talked a lot about the Patriots' defense, and 
you know, obviously there were some struggles. Let's hope they pick it up. They're going up against an equally tough uh, Saints offense, even though, you know, they didn't have the best showing last night against, again, another top defense. Let's talk about this offense a little bit. Tom Brady, I don't remember the last time, and I, it's not like it hasn't happened in, in decades, but Tom Brady had no touchdowns in that game. All three touchdowns, and this is reminiscent of last season with, with LeGarrette Blount, went to Mike Gillisley. I think actually his first touch of the game was a touchdown that was called back. So literally, he was brought in sort of the same way LeGarrette Blount was used. He was that, he was that uh, you know goal line guy, picks up big chunks, he only had 45 yards rushing on 15 carries. So, again, a very Laguerre Blunt type of, of, of line for that game. But three touchdowns is his debut. We saw Rex Burkhead get involved a little bit early on and sort of tapered off. We didn't really see much of him after. Deion Lewis, your boy, there was there was a three-man race at, at running back, and he was the odd man out. He was the black sheep of it. He had, I think, what was it, six, six carries, uh, not six carries, but six or, or maybe ten to, uh, snaps all game. Yeah, low amount. So it was very interesting to see it, it and you know, you knew it was gonna be tough to predict how the Patriots were gonna do offensively, at least at running back. But another big blow, and and I hate to say this because I I don't think he's that important or as important as people put him up on a pedestal be, but Danny Amendola went down with a concussion again. Or he not necessarily again, but he went down with another injury again. And now the team is down to three true wide receivers. We've seen them operate with four. We've seen them operate with garbage players. But this is this this is quickly becoming from one of their biggest strengths on the roster to one of their biggest weaknesses right now, at least depth-wise. How panicked are you right now? Offensively, I'm not all that panicked yet. I think Danny Amendola was being overused. I did like some of what we saw from the run game, especially Gillis Lee proving that he can be blunt and blunt maybe even a little bit better. I know the yards per carry wasn't incredible or anything, but he was just forceful, good uh, in the red zone. Everything we've placed him up to be in a larger role that he didn't get to have with the Bills. Uh, with, with going back to the wide receivers, though, specifically, losing Mitchell stinks. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. Not having his presence as another outside guy and a guy with experience with Brady, that's what concerns me the most. The guys out there, as the game went on because of Amendola's injury, you're down Edelman, you're down Amendola, you're down Malcolm Mitchell already. Philip Dorsett, who neither of us thought was going to play, ends up getting in for some snaps. And he wasn't really ready for it yet. I mean, how and how much could you expect from a guy after just a few days of being in town? Obviously, Cooks got to work with Brady a lot, saw some good things there. But in the end, Brady just had Chris Hogan as the game went on. And, and obviously Gronk, but for the wide receivers, Chris Hogan. You saw the lack of chemistry going on, and that's the biggest concern for me with the wide receivers. And one other thing I want to throw out is Marcus Cannon, who was spectacular all of last year. I know the Chiefs have a formidable defensive front, but Cannon didn't really – Looked like the cannon of last year. I hope it was just a one-game thing. But Brady did suffer a little bit of pressure going on. I'd give Brady probably a grade of like a B or a B-plus overall. He missed some throws. He was under pressure, blah, blah, blah. But the wide receiver situation is starting to reach not panic levels because I think they'll be okay, but some concern. They need to figure something out there. I think that we're going to see a lot more of – I think we're gonna have to. For, I think the Patriots are forced to 
use Rex Burkhead in in almost every down roll, I think, whether it's running the ball or lining up in the slot or him or James White. You're going to have to because you just don't have that depth. They didn't bring anybody up just yet. They still could. They have two wide receivers in their practice squad right now, Cody Hollister and Demarcus Ayers, who's not really known for being a wide receiver as much as he is a kick-slash-punt returner. So it'll be really interesting to see. But I think they're going to be forced to use more James White, which they were doing before anyway when Edelman went down. James White, you know, Rex Burkhead, more on like that line of scrimmage in that slot role, uh, which we did see a little bit anyway. But it's it's going to be tough, you know. Like you said, Mitchell, I think if it was just Mitchell by himself and, and um, Edelman was still there, eh, it sucks. But, hey, you know, we have the depth. But now now there, now there isn't. But, yeah, you brought up the offensive line, brought up Brady, you know. Let's 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 turn the page. Let's turn the page. Let's talk about week two. They're facing the Saints on Sunday. The Saints, like I mentioned earlier, coming off of a pretty embarrassing performance, I think, last night against Minnesota. I mean, look at what Sam Bradford did. Much like what the Patriots defense let Alex Smith do, the Saints defense let Sam Bradford do that to them. He was even, I think, even more impressive. Sam Bradford had, again, I think might have been his career game. And it was a game where there was almost no flaws whatsoever. But this Saints defense, it's just, they've never, they've never been known for their defense. They made some strides last year, but you lose Nick Faley to a heart issue. Tough to hear. Tough to see. He's a big part of that defense. But just they, they drafted so many guys, and all of them maybe have one or two good years, and they've fallen off the map. You know, and then they, they, they again, spend their first-round pick drafting a guy I'm really big on, Marcus Lattimore of Ohio State, um, which you're probably not a big fan of being a Michigan guy. No, 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 I can separate it. Good, good, but it just looked dismal. Stephon Diggs made them look, I, I don't know what you want to call it, but I, I think, and people have said this, the Patriots are coming in, quote-unquote, angry. They're facing the Saints, who aren't known for their defense. I don't know. I mean, we saw this. This is almost, and it seems like deja vu, but I don't know. But this feels like week five of the 2014 season going and facing, if I'm not mistaken, the Bengals. Correct. And they went in and demolished them. The infamous like, were on to Cincinnati. I think this is a do or, not do or die game, but I think this is their sort of revenge game a little bit. And it's cliche to say. But this Saints team is coming off their own loss. And, and let's not forget, like you mentioned earlier, Patriots are still, I think, the best team in the NFL uh, roster-wise. They, they, they weren't supposed to have lost against the Chiefs necessarily, but it's not like they lost to the, to the Jets. It's, it's a tough team. So, they put up 27 points against the Chiefs still, and the Chiefs are a good defense. So Let's think about this way, and I'll point this out. The Patriots, if I'm not mistaken, were 81-0. When they were leading at halftime at home, and they were even better when they were leading after three quarters at home, and the Chiefs blew them out in the fourth quarter. So we can sit here and say that hey, they did well. They started off really good. They had a really good offensive drive to start the game, but we can't really account. We can't say okay, they're going to come back to their to their old old ways, but. If there, if there was a better rebound game and it wasn't the Jets or a division rival, I would say this is probably the best time for a team like the Saints 
to be the next uh, next victim of we're on to insert blank. Anything, you know, and this can be pointed out as a Brandon Cooks revenge game, who knows, but what, what are your biggest fears about the Saints? What would be, if they could at all, what would be their key to an upset? The Saints would dial up a similar strategy to the Chiefs, which is just destroying this defense for big plays. I'd say the Saints' offense might still be even more dynamic than the Chiefs. Chiefs obviously had the big playability of Tyreek Hill. We saw Kareem Hunt have it. But outside of those two, I wouldn't call them a big play offense. The Saints, on the other hand, anyone's able to make a big play. They obviously have Michael Thomas, who's, in my opinion, one of the best receivers in the league. And I, I do mean that, one of the best receivers in the league. And, yes, and he did. You and he, he got, let's say, where did he go to college? I was about to say it, but you beat me to it. Yes, I know he went to the Ohio State University. <laughs> and I've been, I've been a big Michael Thomas fan even when he was back with the Buckeyes. I, when when I, I look at NFL stuff, I separate it all out. I just want people to know that I'm not uh, a total homer when it comes to all and that. As your, as your backdrop is a Michigan flag. I know I film with my Michigan flag and, behind me. I'm wearing, you're a wearing a Michigan shirt. I know, I get it. But, hey, I'll, I'll say it before everyone else. I like Michael Thomas. <laughs> Even beyond Michael Thomas, I know that the Saints are down Willie Sneed currently, but uh, Tommy Lee Lewis kind of looks like a poor man's Brandon Cooks for that offense. Oh. They have they have all those running backs who didn't do anything. I know, I know they didn't do a whole lot, but Kamara is a similar breed of back to that of Kareem Hunt uh, in the ability of um, of uh, receiving skills in addition to running. I think Kamara could be in for a decent dose of, of snaps and touches. Obviously, Mark Ingram has emerged as a receiving back a little bit more than we would ever think that he could be. He's a dangerous guy out there, too. AP, I'm ready to say, is pretty washed up or just going to be angry the whole time he's in New Orleans. And he, Hey, Kobe Fleener, the guy who stinks at doing everything, basically, drops every pass, is soft, yada, yada. He gets to go up against his old teammate, uh, Dwayne Allen, now playing for the Patriots and everything. Yeah, uh, Kobe Fleener looks fine out there with oh, hold with on, Reeves. Now I'm going to throw in the excuse of it's one game. I know. I'm a huge anti-Kobe Fleener guy. I know, yeah, and I am too, I think. Like, and like you with Michael Thomas, not, not a fan of him, but I'll admit he had a good performance last Yeah, time. he had a good performance. But that's what I'm saying. There, the ball can go so many places with the Saints right now that it's a, that's definitely the biggest fear because the Patriots gave up plays, and they gave up catches to – Fleet, uh, uh, Chris Conley, a guy that everyone thinks kind of stinks out there. They gave up passes to Albert Wilson. Obviously, the Chiefs at that point, their whole offense was gelling, and Alex Smith had yeah. more confidence than anyone. But these guys still made some catches, and I'm just saying, like the Saints have so many weapons, it's concerning overall. And and didn't the uh, didn't one of the touchdown catches? I think that went to uh, their. Their backup tight end, Demetrius Harris, isn't it? Yes, Harris caught a touchdown. And he also had another catch, I believe, right before or right after that on the next drive that was also for some decent yardage. Yeah, I mean, I just think this is going to come down to if the Patriots' defense can play as well as they had hoped or leave it even half as well, I think they're going to have a, an easy time keeping it under 40 or 30 points, I think. Not to say the Saints' offense, it's it's still dangerous because they have one of the best in the game, and they still have some weapons, but it's lost a little bit of luster because Willie Sneed's not playing right now because he's suspended, and they traded Brandon Cooks to the Patriots. Sean and- Payton's play calling, too, against the, the Vikings was abysmal. 
And I don't know if it was all Sean Payton or the coordinator over there. There were some terrible play calling, especially when they even had chances to score. Yeah, it just it was not an impressive performance. So two teams really coming off of unimpressive performances. I don't know if the Saints were actually even favored in this game, though. So for whatever that's worth, but I, I don't I don't think that the Saints really offer much defensively uh, to be concerned about. They they gave up big plays to Dalvin Cook, another rookie who had over 100 yards rushing. They gave up big plays to Sam Bradford, to Adam Thielen, who I think is vastly underrated, and Stephon Diggs, and even Kyle Rudolph. I think he had a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. He did. So I'm not too concerned about this Saints defense. I just don't think – and they have some pieces. I just don't think they have enough to be anything close to a formidable defense. Um and that's good. Uh, that's an understatement, I'd say. I think the Saints could possibly be the worst defense in the league, and I thought that going into this year, they're too young in the secondary. Their only really good player, I'd say, is Cameron Jordan, who, once again, I think is kind of vastly underrated. Oh, yes, as a pass rusher, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that they just made uh, old long-sleeves Bradford look like – I mean, he looked like Aaron Rodgers out there. He was making Aaron Rodgers throws, moving in the pocket, zipping the ball out. Uh, he was spectacular reading the field, and, and that's exactly what the doctors have ordered for the Patriots is uh, an opportunity to go out against the worst defense in the league and, like you said, kind of get that revenge game out. So, so just to make it clear, so, you, so I understand, worse than the Jets, worse than I, the 49ers, worse than the Browns, I, I I think they're I think they're worse than all of them. I know the Jets are probably one of the least talented. Well, not probably they're the least talented team in the league, uh-huh. but at least they have two promising young safeties. Uh, the the defensive line. I know that uh, Sheldon Richardson was shipped out of town, but wow. uh, Mo Wilkerson's still there. Leonard Williams is still there. He's good. Uh, linebackers. I know they're depleted there after David Harris is gone yeah. and stuff. But uh, Darren Lee's there for the Jets. I mean, there's. There's still a few guys on that Jets defense. And at the end of the day, I know the Bills aren't a good team, but they still have the Bills to like 21 points. Did I mean, they like, win, though? No, but I'm just saying they, well, they – the Bills, the Bills won. The Bills won. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, the Jets held the Bills to, I mean, okay amount of, of, of points. They yeah, that's not hard to do. They might go crazy all over. That's not hard, to, that's do. Not hard to do. I'm just saying, like, I think the Saints defense is just atrocious. Yeah, and, and I agree. I, I hate to say this because I think he's horrible for what he did, but the Saints have really lost any sort of identity on defense since they got rid of Greg Williams. Yeah, they're not killing guys. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so they don't, they're not motivated financially to go out and literally hurt some hurt people. So Yeah, and their roster's just been gutted. They've, they've made terrible Patriots, signings. This is a Patriots podcast, so they talk <laughs> all the time about Deflategate or Spygate or whatever the – the, the F you want to say, but not enough is talked about about Bounty Gate. So I'm just going to say that. But yeah. anyway. Bounty Gate destroyed an entire, like, 50% of one team. So the Patriots showed that they're strong enough to prevail through yeah, whatever I mean, happens whatever, to them. Whatever you want to say. And Sean Payton was suspended for an entire season, but nobody tried. Sure. So let's do this again like we did last week. Um, obviously, both of us were very wrong. <laughs> but I'm more confident – that we can have a more accurate answer this time. So I, sure I will so. start first with my official score prediction. Uh, and this is on Tuesday for a Sunday game. But my official score prediction 
and I'm I'm betting big on the Patriots here. I'm not actually betting, but I, I have a good feeling about it. I'm gonna say forty-two to twenty-three. I'll give the Saints a little more credit than they deserve. I'll say twenty-three. So forty-two to twenty-three. And keep in mind, I said last week thirty-four twenty, New England. But um, I will say forty-two. 23, two and a half touchdown advantage over the Saints. What, what about you, Lee? I like that prediction a lot. I agree with you that I think the Patriots are going to hang some points in this one. They're going to come out pretty, pretty hungry. I had them at 38 for the Patriots, and I have the Saints still finding some ways against this defense a little bit. I have them at 24, so 38 to 24. Pretty similar prediction to you. Uh, similar reasons altogether. I think the Saints uh, actually keep the game a little close. I think the Patriots defense might still have the jitters at the beginning of this game. Also, the Saints are at home in their dome, and Drew Brees is always comfortable there. But the Patriots will ultimately be way too much for them to handle uh, as a defensive unit. Yeah, I'm actually just looking here, and I'm not a betting guy, so I I really don't know how to read this. But it looks like anywhere the the spread is anywhere between – Six and a half and ten point advantages. So I think you and I are both over that that threshold, which I think I think it's fair because I think this again it seems reminiscent. Patriots getting beaten by a team that they shouldn't have. I don't think, um, and then they have a team that's probably not as good as the one they lost to. So um, it'll be interesting to see. But obviously, you know, we'll see how they do on Sunday. We'll see how Danny Amendola's health progresses. If the Patriots make any moves, sort of bolster up their <coughs> excuse me, their wide receivers, which is another thing, too, I'll just mention real quick. If I'm not mistaken, Matthew Slater didn't play on on Thursday. Correct. Which means that technically he's a wide receiver, but he doesn't play wide receiver really. So if he doesn't play, there's literally only three true wide receivers if Amendola doesn't go and Slater doesn't go. So I'll just point that out. So I, I wonder if they do make any moves. But with that being said, you know, we'll, we'll see how the Patriots do on Sunday. We'll come back next week and – and, and celebrate that we were both correct um, in, in the Saints uh, being the latest victim of we're on to insert playing. But until then, until then, make sure to follow Lee, my partner here on Twitter, at Lee Schechter. At, at Lee Schechter. Uh, be sure to follow me, at NFL, And be sure to follow the Locker Room Guys on Twitter as well, at Locker underscore Room Guys. Make sure you listen and subscribe to us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And until then, we will be back next week with Week 2's recap and Week 3's uh, preview. But until then, we are the Locker Room Guys. Mm -hmm.